the fourth Sunday of Easter is traditionally called Good Shepherd Sunday. And just the motif of a shepherd with his sheep is kind of soft. Not if you've been to pastures where there are sheep and goats walking. It's treacherous sometimes. The shepherds don't have a good name. The sheep and goats sometimes are being robbed or stolen. So as beautiful as this motif is of Jesus as the good shepherd, there's an underlying theme of negativity. He makes it very clear to the Pharisees that he's addressing. He calls them, metaphorically, thieves and robbers who the sheep will not listen to. He's calling them that because he's there, the good shepherd. He is the son of God. He's bringing God's word, and they don't listen. They ignore him, and eventually, you'll know, they plan to kill him. And he's kind of sad at that. So he's given us a beautiful metaphor. And who knows, while he was given this parable, he probably turned to maybe a local sheep gate and watched the shepherds take the sheep out. And the sheep know the shepherd's name. I think of my dog, Santa Ana. No matter where I am, if I call her by name, she comes flying out. I'm sure your pets do the same thing. But now we're talking about a flock of sheep, maybe a hundred. And he takes the time to know them by name. He takes the time to groom them. He takes the time to use their name when he's having rapport with them. Beautiful metaphors. Beautiful. If we paint it as his relationship to us, not that we're sheep, but we do follow him, it's a great metaphor. He hears us, he knows our names, and he wants us to talk to him anytime. The responsorial psalm also has a beautiful tendency, but also there's an underlying bit of negativity. The Lord is my shepherd, and he's going to be with me everywhere, and he goes here and there with me, and I fear no evil. If the foe comes, he anoints me. So there's a little bit of negativity written into the scriptures today. And forget the first reading, Paul and Peter speaks to the people and tells them, you know, you guys killed the Son of God. You hung him on a cross. And Peter reiterates that in his letter to us, encouraging us to understand suffering for what is good. If we suffer for what is good, we're joining Christ. What is suffering for what is good? Well, giving to the poor, putting yourselves out, doing things that are a little inconvenient for those who have no energy or, or very sick or poor. So suffering for what is poor unites us to Christ because he suffered and did nothing wrong. So the connection between the beauty of the Good Shepherd 
and the suffering and negativity that we have within our lives and in the world is always with us. And we can't cover our heads up and plug our ears and say, I'm, I'm not going to listen to anything negative. I'm not going to read the newspapers. I'm not going to go on to the Twitters or whatever social media we have because I don't want to see anything negative. But negativity is with us. There is a movie I recently saw. You may have heard about it. It's called The Pope's Exorcist. And it's a true story. I don't know if the movie is authentic, but the man, Gabriel Amwath, is a historical figure. This past summer, I was at his tomb. He's buried in the monastery of Scala Santa, Holy Steps. It's run by the, the Passionist priest, and he was a Passionist, and he's buried there in the sanctuary. He was a very highly acclaimed person. Because of his confrontation with Satan, here is a good man being commissioned by the Pope, confronting Satan throughout the world. This is, it wasn't an exorcist movie like way back when. This was based on his life, and maybe the example they gave was authentic. I didn't research it, but I knew enough of his life to know that he confronted people with demons. We're not talking mental illness. We're talking demons. We're not talking people who are, who are disturbed emotionally. We're talking about demons. And the demon that we all know is Satan. And his confrontation with Satan put him through hell, literally. Suffered for it. Eventually, the young boy that was healed went home and lived a full life. But he wasn't the only person that Gabriel Amoth healed or confronted in the guise of the devil. Evil is among us. Now, you and I don't talk about that too much, but be careful of being blind to Satan in the world. In the last few years, we've had plenty of examples, and he's not going to come with a pick, fork, and horns. He's going to come in the form of greed, prejudice, anger, violence, killing people. Just this week, a little boy was shot because he went to the wrong house. He wasn't killed, thank God. Yesterday, three people were shot and in their own apartment and killed. Evil is among us. And we we'd like to tend to say the person did it, but the person, if not fully possessed by the devil, perpetrating these crimes, is certainly influenced by the devil, certainly influenced by Satan. When Jesus gives us this, he's making it very clear it's not always going to be an easy road to follow him. When he called himself the gate, you've got to realize what he did. The gate was just a little opening, maybe six feet. 
The sheep were inside, and at night, the shepherd sleeps right there at the gate. Anybody comes in, he's there to protect the sheep. Anybody goes out, any goat or animal goes out, he's there to hold them back. When we hear the Lord is my shepherd, he shall not want, he, we, we say, even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil. So what are we saying? Evil exists, Satan exists, and we're encouraged by Jesus to not fear him. We don't confront him either. You wouldn't throw yourself in the middle of a, and we had them a few years ago, crazy demonstration, telling people to calm down, or even, God forbid, raising our weapons against them. Can't join Satan to conquer Satan. Can't join evil to conquer evil. That's why we have Jesus. We come here to pray, to have him bless us and absorb ourselves into his presence in our lives every day. And evil is around us all the time. As a matter of fact, when we said, I go, I don't, that's probably the second movie I went to in two years. But we went early, and I like to see the previews, no big deal, get my popcorn, sit in the theater, and watch the previews. There were about eight previews. One was more violent than the other. Some were geared toward children, some were geared toward adults, all violent. Shooting, weapons, bombs, explosions, cars being turned over. And that's being fed to our children and our audience, us, to get us to understand the ordinariness of evil. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and it didn't click. You are the guys that are evil, and that you, you look like the establishment. You are the guys that are rejecting me. You are the guys that are taking, taking advantage of my sheep. I came to bring them to the Father. You lead them away by your poor example. See, evil coexists. It's right here with us in the world. That beautiful psalm, I mean, it's probably... So many people's favorite psalms. Besides restful waters, he leads me. For his name's sake, I'm, I'm with him. I'm on the right path. But in the sight of my foes, he anoints my head with oil and gives me solace. So the foes are there. Even when this, this psalm may be written about a thousand, the year a thousand, B.C., the, psalm, the psalmist knew, as much as we believe in God and pray to God, evil is around us. Sometimes it's very obvious in the wake of murder and war. Sometimes it's not so obvious in the way of seduction, whether it's sexual seduction, material seduction, Stepping on people to get ahead, 
That's every day in our society. So we're here today to honor the Good Shepherd, to ask him, stay with me. Let me hear your voice. Let me listen to you more and more through the Holy Scriptures. And I want you to listen to me, but we don't even have to go there, but he already does. He knows every one of us, every one of us by name. Okay, so, so that's us. We're in the church. We're reading the Scriptures. And what about the world? That's our job. To, as Peter says, encourage people to repent. People said, oh, what are we to do? Okay, you talked about this Jesus rising from the dead. What are we supposed to do? Repent, which means change. And many aspects of our society need to change. And you know what? It's not exclusive to the United States. Societies in Europe and Asia and Eastern Europe are obligated to change too because we're falling apart as a society, human society. And the only one who reaches out to grab us is the Good Shepherd, Jesus. The only one who gives us solace and gives us strength to face adversity is Jesus. And sometimes we have to face adversity and suffer for doing good, but when that happens, we're uniting ourselves with Jesus. This is a kind of global homily today, but I think each one of us individually can ask myself what the crowds asked Peter, what am I to do? Thank you.